0: Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition. And I'm actually super excited about this edition of Training Unleashed. Before we get started, I want to thank my sponsors, C-Suite TV and C-Suite Radio. Without you as sponsors, we wouldn't have a show. Um, Today, I'm excited because we're going to get a a point of view on something that I think is a very important topic from someone not in this country. And our guest today is Baha, and he is an expert on psychological safety. Um, And, you know, that's a term that we don't hear that much, but I do think is a hugely important concept. So I'm going to just start with a simple softball question. Baja, what is psychological safety?
1: Yes, psychological safety is a work environment where employees feel safe to express their questions, concerns, ideas, and mistakes. By the way, it's a key aspect of high performing teams. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, in some
0: ways, it's a result of a company that executes diversity, equity, and inclusion in a successful way because an end result is psychological safety. Is that is that, would that be true or do you want to expand
1: on that? Actually, psychological safety is the foundation. Once we have psychological safety, then we are more likely to create this diverse and inclusive work culture where people, employees have sense of belonging. But, In in the United
0: States, there's a lot of focus on I. What is the relationship
1: of psychological safety and D-E-N-I? Psychological safety is actually the foundation. Once we create a workplace of psychological safety, then we are more likely to have sense of belonging and inclusion. We can have diverse teams, but without psychological safety, it's really difficult to have an inclusive work culture. So psychological safety is the foundation to create inclusive work cultures. So if I'm listening to this, and I think most of our
0: listeners are kind of listening with the same kind of, okay, I I get it, but what does that mean? So I'll ask the simple question. Mm -hmm. How does one create
1: psychological safety in the workplace? There are multiple ways to create it. So... Going back to your previous question, inclusive diversity, inclusion, and equity. Let's take inclusion. How can we create psychological safety and create inclusion in the workplace? One way to do it is to involve our employees in certain aspects of the work. I can give you one simple example. This is the real case. One organization, which is very traditional. In this organization, normally, senior managers make decisions, decisions are cascaded downwards, employees at the bottom execute these decisions. This organization later realized, the world is changing so fast, the way we work in the future, it's not likely that we are going to thrive. We need to change the way we work. And the senior management said, instead of us making decisions, Employees at, on the front line, they're closer to our customers. We as senior managers can give them tools, processes, tools, systems, technology, so that employees at the bottom, they are closer to the customer, they can make, in certain aspects of the work, their own decisions. This time, we can respond faster to the market, add value to our customers, And actually this also makes employees feel more included and have sense of belonging. In a nutshell, to create this psychological safety concerning inclusion, the the question is, in what aspects of the work can we allow our employees to make their decisions? This way employees feel more included and they have a higher sense of belonging. Well, you've said a lot and I have to say
0: I am so aligned, <laughs> totally aligned. Because what I find is that there are two aspects that people have issues with. One is that they're never given clarity; they don't know. In fact, you know, if you ask most employees, and you got really down to the heart of it, what I think you would hear is, "I can make any decision I want, just as long as it's the same decision that the manager would have made. Um, <laughs> as long as it is in line with the manager." They'd be very proud of my initiative as long as I made a decision they wanted, but if I made a decision they didn't agree with, no matter how small or trivial, I'm, I'm I'm at risk, and I see this a lot, especially in customer service when you, when you you deal with little issues that you know you're talking to people that are not empowered to do anything. Um, so let's just say for the sake of argument that a company hasn't done a good job defining what levels of authority people have at
1: different sizes and roles in the company. How do you start? Yeah, first of all, the first point is becoming aware. The question is, to what extent is the organization aware of this problem, or this challenge? If you have awareness, let's say the senior level, then the next question is, to what extent are we interested in empowering our employees so awareness and then interest let's assume then the senior managers or decision makers are aware and they're interested in clarifying this giving certain authority to employees the third question is um how can we do this so the knowledge how to do this it's about the way senior managers talk with employees weekly one-on-ones Asking good questions, asking constructive questions, encouraging employees, once employees bring ideas to value them. So awareness, interest, knowledge, and then application. We do this in practice. And then the last point is to make it sustainable. How can we make this sustainable? Continuing this effort. So the first step is always becoming aware of this. And have the courage, to start uh, doing this in a constructive way involving employees asking them questions getting their ideas valuing them guiding them and it's a process, you know, especially if an organization is big, it will take time to have this embedded in different levels of uh, management. So in the United States.
0: um, There's a company that's kind of legendary i don't think we've heard much from them lately so for a lot of our listeners this might be a new story uh, but the company's called nordstrom's and you may have heard of nordstrom's i'm, I'm not sure uh, um Bob, have, you, have you heard of nordstrom's before nordstrom's nordstrom's it's a department store oh yes yes i heard yeah yeah so the story goes and and i To the best of my knowledge, believe this to be a true story, is a customer goes into Nordstrom's and returns a set of four tires. Now, never in the history of Nordstrom's have they ever sold tires. But the employee determines that it's better to accept the the tires as a return than to upset the customer because the, the customer is convinced they bought the tires there. Now, most people that I know of would go, that is absurd. But the person that actually accepted the tires was sort of honored in Nordstrom's for their willingness to take risk, uh, their willingness to do whatever it takes to satisfy the customer, and and this story has been told in numerous books, numerous speeches, new the. The amount of marketing—I mean, right now we're talking about Nordstrom's—and this story is probably twenty-plus years old—is—is—is um, is, is incredible. But I'll just ask you this blunt question: Would you allow an employee of Nordstrom's, if if you were the CEO of Nordstrom's, to accept t- tires and give someone a return on uh, maybe it was in store credit? A set of tires when they never purchased the tires from the business itself
1: yeah now that you tell me this story I remember reading it in, in, in one of the books and the answer to your question so it depends what the um, the, the, the service level of organizations the answer to your question I would say yes here there are a few points that you mentioned first Um, employees are empowered to make certain decisions. These employees who are empowered later are even rewarded. It becomes a positive success story written in books. It's good for the publicity of the organization. It shows its attention, customer service. So this happens not only in the department store that you mentioned. I know that is for example, in Ritz Ritz Carlton Hotel, employees, they have some extra budget. I think $200, something like that. Once a, once a week or once per month, they are expected to surprise any uh, guest in the hotel. Starbucks, as far as I know, they do this as well. Surprise. I think once a month, an employee can give you a surprise. Maybe you get extra cookie this is done the employers are given the authority to make a decision on this to surprise customers to delight them to achieve excellence in customer service this is about psychological safety as well in terms of giving them power giving them space to make their own decision and not only that they are rewarded encouraged to do this and um, in a nutshell the answer would be yes and um, If our idea is to delight customers, surprise them, create a wonderful customer experience, why not? I think it's a wonderful experience. And not only that practice, and it also has to do with the company culture as well. Having the right systems, approaches, management styles to support this behavior and sustain it. Like in the example you shared, or Ritz-Carlton or Starbucks.
0: Yeah, I have an amazing Ritz-Carlton story, um, but I'll I'll quick share it because it's just too good a story. I was going to a trade show in Atlanta and I wanted to stay at the Western Hotel, which was booked. And I wanted to stay there because I had a whole bunch of stuff to bring in and it was connected to the conference room. So I booked at the Ritz-Carlton, which was a block down the road. I showed up at the Ritz-Carlton at seven o'clock at night and the clerk says to me, Mr. Hackle, we are oversold tonight, but we do have a room for you, but we're going to give you a choice. We have secured a room for you at the Weston. how they did it, I don't know, because that's what I. Went. We're going to comp you that room at the Weston. You can stay there for free because we hate it when people show up at one in the morning and there is literally no room in the end. So if you would accept our kind offer to stay at the Webston, uh, I would really appreciate it. And we're going to comp your room for you in in exchange for that inconvenience. And they explained the whole reason. And I've been at hotels like at two in the morning and not had a room. So I wanted to go to the Weston. So I was really happy. So I I moved to the Weston. And then a week later, I got a letter and a gift certificate for $250 to be spent at the Ritz-Carlton for being such an accommodating guest, uh, which was amazing. Um, so it was like, wow, they really handled it well. Now, conversely, I was at a Ralph Lauren outlet store and I had bought a pair of Ralph Lauren jeans at uh, Saks Fifth Avenue and the Ralph Lauren outlet store store across the street from me and one of the belt you know the things that hold your belt in the I don't know loop had busted off so I walked over to the to the Ralph Lauren with my Ralph Lauren things and I said look at I know you're the Ralph Lauren company I know I bought jeans that are Ralph Lauren but I bought them at Saks Fifth Avenue they're clearly defective it's not the fault of saxx that these are broken jeans i said can you guys handle the repair and they said no and i said are you you know not able to like you you just have no system to no we can you just buy them from us and i said oh is there someone here I could talk to like in management, I said, are you, in-, I always say this to someone because it, you know, because it doesn't make any sense to drive someone nuts. I said, are you empowered to make this decision if I, you know, if, if you were so, you know, if I convinced you, not that that's what you would do. And they go, no, we're not. And I said I said to them, well, what do I do? And they go on the wall, there is an 800 number. Now I'm in the store and they go, call the 800 number. So I called the 800 number and the person with the 800 number says I work on the, I work in the online department. I have nothing to do with the stores. So I mean talk about people with lack of empowerment. I you know I felt I felt bad for them. Um so anyhow I love the topic and and maybe we've diverged but to me one of the questions I would have, if I was listening, is there must be limits, right? You're not going to allow a frontline employee to make a million-dollar decision, right? That that would be absurd to expect someone to make a million-dollar decision who was a clerk at a Nordstrom's or at at a Ralph Lauren shop. But at the same token, you know, you would think, you know, they could make a hundred-dollar decision or a thousand-dollar decision. Need to improve your business results? TORTL's Rapid Curriculum Design Workshop might be just what you need. We partner with your business experts to identify knowledge gaps, determine training needs, and design a curriculum to help you achieve your business goals. We engage directly with the employees who have the most information to provide. The outcome of our Rapid Curriculum Design Workshop? A detailed blueprint with curriculum goals and strategies on how to implement the curriculum. Um, how do you what what maybe you know you don't need to say who the company is unless you you feel that they would like that. Um, but you know, what is an example of how companies set standards to allow people
1: to define what their level of authority is? I can share my own experience. I was one of the first employees of Facebook in Europe. I worked at Facebook from 2009 till 2013. At that time, the company was booming despite all the financial crisis yeah. it was, thriving. At that time, it had a very high level of psychological safety. And the Facebook's culture was based on certain values such as be open, make impact at work. And the company really, the employees really embraced these values. Let's say you notice you're you're a frontline employee, you notice a um, user experience on the website. You, with the data, you need to gather the data, say, this is what I observed. I don't know, 5,000 users are affected by this problem X. This is a workflow. And then you come up with an idea and, immediately cross-functional teams are formed. You need to include engineer, if it's related with customer care, customer care, uh, one manager, legal team. Immediately, Facebook has tools. You just tag in the names, and then you point out the problem, the challenge. You lay out your solution, and then um, it's a teamwork. If it's, it's seen as really a worthwhile problem, the company, the team, starts working on it, so employees, regardless of their level in the organization, are encouraged once they see issues, challenges, they're encouraged to come up with ideas based on data. And then different cross-functional teams are formed to solve it to improve the user experience. This is a technology company I know it can be different in different sectors as well, healthcare, construction, production, etc. And there are examples from other organizations as well, even more traditional ones, where once managers start listening to uh, frontline employees, start taking into account their ideas, they really improve the user or customer experience and employees feel more valued and included as well. So I'm hearing something that is a little little different than what we said before
0: and I love because it's not just defining what they can and cannot do but it's really taking the time to listen to them and hear what their ideas are because then they feel valued so they're valued because they're trusted to make a decision they're valued because they're being heard is that a, a good representation of what you're you're talking
1: about you know? Exactly. I I work with organizations around the globe, in Turkey, U.S., United Arab Emirates, Germany, Netherlands, different parts of the world. And regardless of the cultures, human beings, employees, we have this need to feel heard, to feel valued, to feel unders- understood. And your comment really goes right into that. So... Um...
0: You Okay, so right now, our listeners are probably in in two, maybe three camps. One camp is, hey, I feel good because we do a lot of that stuff. I maybe didn't think about it that way, but I can see we do it. Then the, the other camp is, and this is where the vast majority of our listeners are, we don't do this in this company well. And then there may be some people in the middle. So what advice would you give to somebody if they're in a company where they go, Wow, and let's just say they're empowered, you know, meaning they're a member of the, you know the management team and the training podcast, but and and for everyone in training, um, training can play a huge role. Helping people define their level of responsibility. And training could also play a pu- huge role in being a feedback mechanism within, within the organization. And it, that would depend on the organization. Sometimes organizations have training uh, as they do things to incorporate listening and things. And some organizations, the human resources department's doing, it, and some organizations, communication. I'm not saying it's gonna do that all the time, but what advice would you give to a person who's sitting here saying, you know, Baha, what you're saying makes sense. How do I start? Where do I go? How How do we
1: make this culture shift? Yeah. First of all, before I can share a general advice, and in the context of customer, uh, before sharing the advice, I would ask them questions to understand what what the real challenges are. Since we are doing this, uh, why a... don't we do why don't we do why don't we do this? Because this is fun.
0: I'll play. We'll role we'll play. You ask me the questions you would ask. Okay. Okay. And I so I'll, I'll I I will share with you uh from a a fictionalized company. Okay. <laughs> okay. And the the, the the fictionalized company um is is a uh 20 year old company uh has recently made some mergers um and there's some confusion in the company about what each company does what each role does does because not all the roles are exactly the same and the the company uh you know in the forming storming norming performing is sort of in the storming phase and i've come to you and and i'd like some advice on how we can create psychological
1: safety and, and clarity okay so the first question i would ask would be regarding psychological safety what are some behaviors that you see as areas of improvement you said there is confusion there is a merger and it's not clear so, so i say that
0: in so so business businesses no one's gonna prove projects because they're uh that people know who, who to go to uh there's a, a general fear that they're going to
1: takes even uh your uh, voice was uh, cutting off i couldn't hear you completely maybe your internet the, connection the, the pe- the pe- <laughs> so here, here are the thing people are
0: afraid to make decisions Okay. Decisions take a long time. People aren't sure who can make decisions. And people aren't sure whose job is whose job within the company.
1: Because they're two different companies. Okay. Okay. So employees are afraid to make decisions. Decision-making take a long time. And employees do not know who make decisions. Right? Yes, yes. So starting with the last one, employees do not know who makes decisions. This is about clarity. How can we clarify it? who is responsible for what and who is responsible to give decisions? And regarding the first one, employees are afraid to make decisions. Can you give me an example What? Why? why do you think employees are afraid to make decisions? I think they're afraid to make decisions because
0: they're afraid that they're not going to make the decision that their manager wants them to make. And because there is this merger, there's confusion. Are we doing the process the way we've always done it? Are we doing the process the way the other company did it? I'm not sure of the process. I'm not sure. I don't have certainty.
1: Yeah. I would ask. Do you want me to ask you more questions or I can go ahead and um normally I would ask more questions and it would take more time. But for the well, sake of we don't have that much more time, so podcast, what we? Yeah. for the sake of the podcast? The first point that I see here it's about transparency. Transparency about um decisions, who does what, who makes decisions, and then um It's crucial in this case for the organization to be transparent, to have to communicate with employees regularly, openly, mentioning, you know, even the challenges the organization has in this merger. The first point is transparency. The second point is to give to space to employees to express their ideas, concerns, and, um, you know, their ideas and concerns this is this can be a challenging time to organizations merging and employees might feel overwhelmed they might feel anxious maybe they are concerned about losing their job i don't know as an organization we need to give this space to employees uh, to speak up we can do this in weekly uh, meetings value their ideas listen to them acknowledge them third Based on the ideas of employees, we can even include them to solve the challenges of the organization rather than employees making de- managers making decisions and imposing them on, on employees. We can get employees' ideas collaboratively in certain ways, include them in improving the situation. Let's say there is not a clear process on decision-making on topic X, I don't know, X, Y, Z. Then we can. Uh, if the idea comes from an employee, maybe that employee we can assign them to create the process to improve this. In a nutshell, be transparent, communicate. Second, give space to employees uh, to express their ideas. We can do this through weekly one-on-ones. It can be done through weekly team meeting. It can be done through a monthly town hall, where employees feel that their voices are heard. Third include employees in solving these uh, challenges, listen to their ideas, involve them in improving the situation. This way they would have the psychological safety to express their ideas and also the chance uh, to be involved in improving it. Otherwise, if we as managers make decisions and try to push it downwards, then we have this resistance from employees. So psychological safety is that foundation for us to involve employees, listen to them, give them space uh, to share their ideas, concerns, so that we can work together to improve it? Um, I
0: love what I heard. And I believe in listening. First of all, I believe in everything. So I want to be clear. But the one thing that you said that I think is of great value, I have done myself, um, we've done... uh, board meeting, which is an open meeting where employees come in and can pick any topic and you know, just then very, very successful. But may talk a little bit about what an employee town hall would be like, because I suspect there are a lot of people listening thinking, I don't know if I want to do that because I'm afraid of what somebody might say. It's a different kind of psychological safety. It's the safety of the man of the manager that wants that wants to be protected from hearing anything that they don't like. Um, and 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 you know and, and you know, given this is a training podcast, I would say to everyone listening in in a training department, you know, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. Right. So, you know, it, you know, maybe the company isn't going to make a major di- initiative, but maybe your department is. Um, But, you know, what would you how would the town hall structure work that uh,
1: that would bring out the best result? It depends on to what level the senior management is open to this idea and to what level the senior management understands and embraces the concept of psychological safety. There can be multiple ways to do it. One would be to do it through the town hall. I know it's, we show the vulnerability there. I understand. The second option could be to do it in a smaller setting. So depending on the level of maturity of or the organization concerning psychological safety, it can be done in a smaller setting as well. The main idea here is to get the ideas, concerns. We meet with the other managers and try to find ways to to respond to those concerns and involve employees. I can give you an example from my own experience at Facebook. Once a week, uh, Mark Zuckerberg used to have uh, weekly all hands. Any employee in the organization from California to London, Singapore, Dubai can join online, employees in California face-to-face, and any employee can ask any question directly to Mark Zuckerberg with ideas, even, you know, concerns, fears. It seems like a simple exercise, simple um, activity. At the same time, it has a big effect on employees' um, sense of psychological safety in the organization. So in a nutshell, to make a long answer short, do it in a way which is fine for your organization, either opening to all employees once or you can do it in smaller groups as well.
0: I love your ideas. I actually would enjoy more time, but we we only have so much time. Uh, Bob, no one could listen to this and not say that this is refreshing, new, something people aren't talking about and clearly highly valuable, uh, particularly because we know in a difficult market to keep employees that having employees that enjoy working there, particularly with younger generations, people that don't feel valued are are leaving in droves. So it's a very timely topic. Um, Tell us about you, your company, who you work with, how people can reach you, et cetera.
1: Yes, I'm based in Germany, Berlin, and I'm founder of Solution Folder, which is a training and consulting company. Mainly, I work with organizations um, who would like to provide the best learning experience for their employees, who are interested in the latest knowledge, who are ambitious and who would like to improve their work culture. Um, I work with organizations in the U.S. as well, mainly Fortune 500 companies and um, in, in different sectors from banks to um, car companies, manufacturing, etc. And I have one website for those who are interested. You can check this website to get free resources on the topic of psychological safety. It is solutionfolder, solutionfolder.com slash free dash resources.
0: Okay, we're gonna have you say that one time. So people if you go to trainingunleash.net, you're gonna see a description of all of this. So you can have the website right there. A lot of people though, of course, are listening on Spotify, Apple, what, wherever this is being shown. So please repeat, repeat the
1: website one more time. Sure. solution folder, it's together, solutionfolder.com slash free dash resources. You know, I,
0: I I, learned a long time ago when I was in getting my MBA that the most powerful marketing word ever was me. Um, that people really like free. Uh, so I think it's fantastic you're making that available to everyone. Uh, maybe just tell us a little bit about what those free resources are.
1: They're basically eight videos. What are the things? Eight videos on psychological safety that you get one video per week. So eight videos in eight weeks. These are short videos, short actionable videos about different aspects of psychological safety. How can we implement, foster psychological safety in our workplace?
0: Cool. So as you know, uh, and every listener knows, uh, we always end, if you had one piece of advice to share with the audience, what would that, that one
1: piece of advice be? Concerning psychological safety, there is an interesting aspect. It's about dealing with mistakes. So we are human beings. We can make mistakes. We can learn from these mistakes. And we can improve. The main thing is not to repeat the same mistake. I like it. Okay. Well, thank you for being a guest. I want to thank all of our listeners
0: and all of our viewers and our sponsors, sweet TV and Swiss Radio. Without you we would not have a podcast everyone take care and have a great day bye bye training unleashed is brought to you by tortle training specializing in e-learning and interactive online training solutions for corporate government nonprofit and franchise organizations tortle makes effective training easier just go to tortle.net to gain access to real world tools that can make a difference that's tortle.net T-O-R.